and a podcast from Corey O'Connor. Hi and welcome. This is Corey. Late last month, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern decided to call it quits. This summer, I had hoped to find a way to prepare not just for another year, but another term, because that is what this year requires. I have not been able to do that. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election and that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. This has been the most fulfilling five and a half years of my life, but it has also had its challenges. Amongst an agenda focused on housing, child poverty and climate change, we encountered a major biosecurity incursion, a domestic terror event, a major natural disaster, a global pandemic. Now this announcement came as somewhat of a shock as polling indicates her Labour Party would face a difficult path to re-election on October 14 this year. As you can tell from the audio you've just heard Ms Ardern choked up as she detailed her six challenging years in the job and how it had taken a toll on her. Labour MPs voted to find a replacement for her shortly after. In fact I've got to say it was quite efficient in how it was done. And in fact, the person who is now Prime Minister of New Zealand was the former Education Minister, Chris Hipkins. He confirmed he was the only nominee. He says that he is humbled and honoured. I was the only nominee for that role. Uh, I set out when Jacinda Ardern announced her resignation uh, that I would play my role uh, in working with the Labour team in Parliament uh, to ensure that we strove to reach a consensus about who was best to lead Labour and therefore New Zealand forward. Uh, And I am absolutely humbled and honoured uh, that in those conversations I have had incredibly strong support uh, from my caucus colleagues, my Labour team, uh, and that that consensus has emerged and they have indicated uh, that they will support me uh, to be the party's next leader and therefore the next Prime Minister. Chris Hipkins, the new Prime Minister of New Zealand there, and Australia's Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, sent out a tweet shortly after he was announced in that role as leader of the party and therefore Prime Minister. A warm discussion this morning with incoming New Zealand Labour leader Chris Hipkins. I congratulate him and look forward to working with him as Prime Minister. That was sent on the 21st of January, 10.58am, and I should point out that in her speech, Jacinda Ardern said that uh, an announcement, a new Prime Minister, would be found no later than the 7th of February. And of course, this was all done by the end of January. There's certainly something to New Zealand efficiency. Hipkins is 44 years old. He rose to public prominence during the coronavirus pandemic when he took on a kind of crisis management role. But he and other Liberals have long been in the shadows of Ms Ardern, who became a global icon 
icon of the left and exemplified a new style of leadership. And it wasn't an easy job, so you can certainly understand why Jacinda Ardern wanted to uh, pull up stumps there. Her leadership showed that it was possible to be both powerful and a beacon of hope, but it also put a target on her back, according to an analysis by Emily Clark on ABC News Online. In October 2017, one week changed Jacinda Ardern's life. On the Friday, she discovered she would become a mother, and by the following Thursday, a political twist of fate delivered her the office of the Prime Minister. Nearly six years later, as she resigned, Ardern reminded New Zealand's press gallery that she never expected to be Prime Minister. It's unlikely she could have imagined, let alone expected, what would come with the job. With no idea how the collision of a major life and career milestones would reverberate around the world and send a signal that maybe, just maybe, that there was a place where women were actually supported to have it all. While the US President Donald Trump had tantrums every 140 characters and the United Kingdom was trying to leave the European Union, there was Jacinda Ardern with baby Neve at the United Nations General Assembly talking about kindness. Whether in the job or leaving it, there has been a mixed response from a, a lot of people, the negative people who, who cannot comprehend the idea of a strong female figure leading a country, glad with all their, their hate that she is in fact leaving the job. But there are many supporters around the world, myself included, and I know nighttime talk show host Stephen Colbert was a big fan of Jacinda Ardern and he loves New Zealand so much. It's been reported that New Zealand police had to deal with 18 threats of violence against Jacinda Ardern in 2019. 32 death threats in 2020 and 50 in 2021. But probably one of the, the biggest moments that I remember to, that showed me the sort of person that Jacinda Ardern was, was when the world was watching. Ardern was reportedly on her way to a local school event in a coastal town in New Zealand when her press secretary handed her a phone with the police minister on the other end of the line. There had been a major attack in Christchurch and there were mass casualties. The city's Muslim community were the target. It was March 15, 2019, and eventually the Prime Minister would learn that the worst terrorist attack in her country's history had happened on her watch. 50 people were dead. In the days that followed the attack, Ardern visited members of Christchurch's Muslim community, sat with families, helped crime scene experts navigate cultural rituals around death and moved to change gun legislation in the country. Al Umari's brother Hussein was one of the 50 men killed while they worshipped in Christchurch on that Friday. Upon hearing the news of Ms Ardern's resignation, she said that she will never forget her approachability during the outset of March 15, forever grateful for making my mum feel like the PM, listened to and really just human. Of course, from that tragedy came the COVID-19 pandemic. This would be the crisis that tested all leaders around the world and one that either galvanised their support or exposed their weaknesses. For the first year of the pandemic, Ardern's performance was a masterclass of evidence-based policymaking and public communication. There is no doubt that Jacinda Ardern achieved a lot during her time as Prime Minister, but not all has gone well. One of those selection pledges she made, which brought her into office, was to build 100,000 homes over 10 years 
years. Once in office, her government launched a program called Kiwi Build to do just that. But by late 2019, that plan was abandoned for being overly ambitious and a raft of other housing policies and schemes replaced it. And it will be the final full week in January that Jacinda Ardern would make her final speech. It also feels special and symbolic to be here at Ratana and for this to be officially my last event as the Prime Minister of New Zealand. My overwhelming experience in this job of New Zealand and New Zealanders has been one of love, empathy and kindness. And I want you to know that I leave with a greater love and affection for Aotearoa New Zealand and its people than when I started. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the greatest privilege of my life. New episodes can come out at any time and the best way to be in the know is to subscribe or follow me on your platform of choice. Search for Corey. Yep, it's that simple. And please bookmark my website, coreyoconnor.com slash pod. Thanks for listening. Corey